0: Would you stand with me again this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. How many are excited about God's Word today? How many want to receive something from the Word? You know, you can just sit there and just let 35 minutes go by, or you can uh, get involved in the ministry. You can take notes. Uh, You can say, Holy Spirit, speak to me today through your Word Uh, and and, and your life can totally be changed through the Word of God this morning. It's all dependent upon you. Today we're looking in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. The book of Proverbs chapter 4. We're reading verses 25 through 27, reading out of the New Living Translation. Proverbs chapter 4, reading verses 25 through 27. Are you ready? The wisdom writer writes, and he says, look straight ahead. Say, straight ahead. He said, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Say, before you. Notice he didn't say, look behind you. He said, to look at what lies before you. And he says, mark out a straight path for your feet. Say, straight path. And stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Father, we thank you for your incredible, your infallible, your miraculous, supernatural word. God, I pray today that your word today will speak to the heart of the people today. God, give us uh, ears upon our heart today. God, I pray we won't just listen today, but we will heed the word of God. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will do the work through your word today. Father, for your glory, all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You can be reseated this morning. Well, this past Sunday, I began a sermon called Stacking the Deck for Success in 2017. Here we are, just one week into the new year. Now, everyone wants the new year to be better than the old year. Everyone has high hopes for success in the coming year. But very few will do much about it. Much will say they want better results in the coming year than in the last, and yet the sad fact remains very few will do much about it. The fact of the matter is most will continue with business as usual, and most will be as disappointed at the end of this year as they were at the end of last year. But I tell you this morning, it doesn't have to be this way. Write this down. It's in your notes. Results are determined by content And consistency, I'm going to say that again, results are determined by content and consistency. The results that we will either enjoy or endure throughout and at the end of this year are being determined right now. We're going to determine today what our tomorrow will look like. Actually, we are designing our tomorrow by the decisions that we are making today. You see, what we consistently place in our lives today will determine the outcome of our tomorrow. Success tomorrow is dependent on consistent, right content today. Now, before we get too far into the message this morning, I want to remind you of my definition of success, because there are so many different definitions for success. But I want to give you my definition for success, and first of all, I want you to understand that it has nothing to do with your position or your possessions. And so often we talk about being successful, we think about we think about more position or about our position, we think about our possession. but I want to tell you, there are people that have the position and yet they are not successful in life. There are people that have a lot of possessions and yet they still are not successful in life, at least not in my definition of success. So let me give you my definition of success and my definition of success is as simple as this. That is to know your purpose in life and to passionately pursue it. To know your purpose in life. To know why you are on planet earth. To know why God has placed you here in this life. To know your purpose in life and then to passionately pursue it. So if you know your purpose in life, if you know the reason why God has placed you upon planet Earth, and you are passionately pursuing that purpose in my mind and in my heart, I believe that you are successful. I didn't say you will become successful. I say you are. And don't, find, don't make finding your purpose so hard to discover. And we talk about finding your purpose, and so many people try to make that some grand and glorious and some, you know, some unattainable thing, and they make it so hard. to. And they, you know, they say, well, I sure wish I did know. I'm glad Pastor knows what his purpose is, but I sure don't know what mine is. I wish I knew what mine is. Don't, don't, don't make finding your purpose so hard to discover. Let me tell you that if you are serving the Lord with all of your heart, And if you're endeavoring to please God in every area of your life, if you are doing those two things, then I believe that your purpose is probably what you're doing right now. Because God has a way of getting us where he wants us. Now, if you were not here last Sunday to hear part one of this sermon, I encourage you to go uh, online, go to our website and listen to it. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm going to review what I said last week, but you need to hear it in detail, and I encourage you to do so. We're talking about stacking the deck for success in 2017. I, I have four keys that I want to give you this morning that will help you do this. Last Sunday we talked about the first two. I'm going to review those two real quickly and then I'm going to give you the last two and you'll have four keys to stacking the deck for success in 2017. First thing that you need to do, I believe, is specify what success will look like. Specify what success will look like. I asked the question this morning, how will you know if you're there if you don't even know where you're going? So ask yourself, what what will have to happen in my life in order for me to consider 2017 a successful year? What needs to happen in my marriage? If I if I have success in my marriage and in 2017, what will that entail? What will that look like? What has to happen uh, in the coming year in order for me to say at the end of the year that I had a successful year in my marriage? What needs to happen in my finance? If I, if I want to have a financial uh, success in my finances through this coming year, what will have to happen in order for that to come about on my job? If I'm going to have success in my job, what will that look like? What has to happen in order for me to be successful on my job? Hey, how about your spiritual life? How many would like to have success uh, in the coming years, success in the area of your spiritual life? Well, ask yourself the question, what would success look like for me uh, spiritually if, if I'm going to enjoy uh, success in my spiritual life? Well, it might, it might actually mean that you have to open your Bible sometime between Sundays. How will it look like? Well, well, it might mean that you actually will have to pray in non-emergency situations. What would, what, what would success look like uh, in my spiritual life if I have spiritual success, success in my spiritual life this coming year? Well, Well, maybe it looks like this, and that is my kids would stop asking if we're going to church my kids would stop asking if we're going to church because they would already know the answer. Let me tell you that if your kids ask you if you're going to church, that should let you know that you are not faithful to church. Because if you were faithful to church, your kids would not have to ask you, are we going to church today? Are we going to church tomorrow? Because they would automatically know that, yes, tomorrow is Sunday, it's the Lord's Day, and we're going to the, Lord of the, to the house of the Lord, and we're going to honor the Lord on the Lord's Day. Specify what success will look like. And, and be, a, be realistic in your expectations. Set goals that are actually reachable. And then once you reach those goals, then you can set new and higher goals. And then let God tell you where He wants you to go. This is this is huge. Let God tell you where He wants you to go. Proverbs three and six says, "Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take." So ask God to lead you in your goal setting. You see, success in the truest sense of the word is simply to please God in everything you do. If you are pleasing God, if you are striving to please God in everything that you do, then you are indeed successful. If you truly endeavor to please God in every area of your life, I believe that's success. So so when you specify what success will look like, let God show you what it will look like for you. Ask God, how does God see success? What, well, what is success in God's eyes for your life? I mean, you're still with me this morning. I'm giving you four keys to stacking the deck for success in 2017 because I believe that we have much to do with the outcome in our lives. I believe that what we consistently put into our lives will determine the outcome. So the first thing we have to do is specify what success will look like. We have to know where we are going. The second thing we need to do, I believe, is surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with the right people. This is so, so big. Jim Rohn says, he says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If you want to know who you are, then look around and see the five people that you spend most of your time with. Take those five people, add all five of those people up, and take that figure and divide by five, and that's you. Proverbs 12 and 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Choose your closest friends by this criteria. Number one, people who care about you. Somebody said go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Surround yourself with people that love you for who you are, not just for what you can do for them. But not only people who care about you. When you choose your friends, choose people who have something to contribute Proverbs 27 and 17 says that iron sharpens, or as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I believe there are two people that you should always have in your life. You should always have someone above you, and you should always have someone below you. You should always have somebody in your life that is ahead of you. They're ahead of you in wisdom, they're ahead of you in knowledge, they're ahead of you in ability, they're ahead of you in understanding. You need someone that you can call on to help pull you up to where they are. But not only do you need somebody above you, you also need someone below you. You need someone that's below you, someone that's looking up to you, someone that you can pull them up to where you are. I believe everybody needs to be a mentor and everybody needs to have a mentor. And then finally, select people who will caution you, people who will caution you. Proverbs 27 and 6 says, Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Somebody said a true friend will stab you in the front. See, See, a true friend will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. So so don't just surround yourself with yes men who who will kiss up to you in hopes of getting something from you. But make sure there is somebody in your life, somebody that you trust fully, someone that you trust completely, someone that cares for you, someone that has something worthwhile to contribute to you, somebody that is above you, somebody that is ahead of you, and then give them permission to speak into your life and give them permission to to caution you when they sense that you are veering off the path that they know that you need and want to be on i believe we can stack the deck for success in the coming year. I don't think this coming year has to look like the past year. I don't think that our future has to look like our past. I believe that we can make some changes. I think we can make some deposits. I think we can do some things. I believe we can buy some insurance and insure ourselves a successful future. I believe we we can consistently sow right things into our lives that will eventually harvest success for us. I'm giving you four keys, all right? I've given you the two that I gave you last Sunday. Now let's go on for today. Let's look at key number three, and that is, if you're going to stack the deck for success in 2017, sacrifice, sacrifice today's pleasure for tomorrow's possession. Proverbs 21 and 5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. If you want to stack the deck for success in the coming year, if you want to, if you want to buy some insurance, if you will, uh, that you will you insure yourself that you're going to be successful in the coming year, you're going to have to sacrifice today's pleasure for tomorrow's possession. Here's what you do. You decide that tomorrow's success is worth today's sacrifice. decide that tomorrow's success is worth today's sacrifice. You see, success is impossible without sacrifice. People who succeed are people who are willing to sacrifice. It's true in every part of life. I believe most people succeed at the level they are willing to sacrifice. That was worth the price of admission. At least is worth an amen. Most people succeed at the level they are willing to sacrifice. Listen, write this down this morning. Never give up what you want most for what you want now. Never give up what you want most for what you want now. And that's what most people do. Sacrifice today's pleasure for tomorrow's possession. You know, you know we, tend to, we tend to look at others who have more than we have, and we look at them, usually we look at them with envy. But I believe that if we understood the true cost of that possession, if we understood the sacrifices that person made in order to be where they are and have what they have, perhaps we would be far less envious. Proverbs 13 and 4 says, Lazy people want much but get little, but those who work hard will prosper. Second thing we need to do here, and that is we need to design tomorrow by planning. Design tomorrow by planning your, your daily schedule. Design tomorrow. How do you design tomorrow? You do that by planning your daily schedule. Proverbs 21 and 29, I like how the Amplified Bible renders it. In the Amplified Bible, it says the upright person considers, directs, and establishes his way. So so design tomorrow by planning your daily schedule. Schedule. Here, here's what I know, and that is what gets, prior, what gets prioritized gets done. See, there are so many things that, that, that we need to do. There are so many things that we want to do. there, are, And there are so many people that are pulling on us from all different directions to, to do this, to do that, to do something else. And because there's so much that needs to be done, so much that we want to do, and so many p- people pulling on us for, for 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 our time and for our attention, because of that, only what gets prioritized actually gets done. See, See, if you don't prioritize your daily schedule, the day will be over, and you will have done many, many things, but did you actually accomplish anything of value? You did a lot of things, and maybe you even did a lot of good things along the way, but did you do the right thing? And did you do the thing that is going to contribute to success in your future? So design tomorrow by planning your daily schedule. And let me tell you that if you don't plan your daily schedule, somebody or several somebodies will plan it for you. People who prioritize will have to learn how to say no. They will have to learn how to say not right now. Because sometimes we have to say no to a lot of good things in order to have time to say yes to one or two great things that comes along in our life. And then the third thing under this point is determined to be consistent. Consistent. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 27 says, diligence is man's precious possession. See, see, it's not just what we do that determines success. It's also how consistently that we do it and for how long. And here's something that I've discovered, and that is we tend to overestimate what we can do in a short time, and then we tend to underestimate what we can do over a long period of time. I believe we should have short-term goals as well as long-term goals. When I arrived here to be your pastor in 2003, I set a two-year goal, and I set a 20-year goal. And we reached our two-year goal, which was to have the church on stable ground and moved into our own facility. And we did that in two years. Time will tell. On my 20-year goal. By the way, we're just a little over six years away from that. How do you stack the deck for success in 2017? Sacrifice today's pleasure for tomorrow's possession. Make daily deposits into your dream account. Daily deposits into your dream account. Oh, we're taught to have a dream today. Joseph had a dream, and I believe that we ought to have a dream. Listen, it shouldn't be our dream. It ought to be, we ought to discover God's dream for our life. But I'm going to tell you that we're not going to get there by just dreaming about it. The only way we're going to get to our dream and make our dream be fulfilled and actually happen in our life is if if, if we daily make daily deposits into our dream account. Do the right things consistently. Do them over time. And I promise you, you will be happy with the results. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 9 says, You will always harvest what you plant. You will what? Always. Say always. You will always harvest what you plant. Do not grow weary of doing the right things. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. What does this scripture teach us? Well, it it teaches us four things. Number one, it teaches us that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You will always harvest what you plant. It's a law, and and it works every single time. You will always harvest what you plant. What you put into something will determine what you get out of it. People leave the church, leave, leave Sunday and say, oh, I didn't get much out of that. Well, most people that didn't get much out of it didn't put much in it. Because you get out of something what you put into it. Second thing that scripture teaches us, that is we will be tempted to get discouraged and quit. It says, do not grow weary of doing the right thing. Paul knew that we would grow weary and we would grow tired and we would have a tendency to get discouraged sometimes. And so he says, do not grow weary of doing the right things. When the harvest is delayed, when the results don't come quick enough for us, we will be tempted to get discouraged. We will be tempted to quit. And I believe that some people give up, some people quit just before the harvest is about to appear third thing that Paul says in this scripture is, he says, there's a set time for the harvest. I like that one. There's a set time for the harvest. He said it. He said, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing. Listen, listen. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Someone needs to, to be encouraged with this right here this morning. And that is, God has appointed a harvest for each one of us today. God has an an appointment. He has appointed a harvest for you, and God has appointed a harvest for me. God has appointed a harvest for every single person. But it is based upon the seeds that we have sown in our life. And we need to understand that this harvest is scheduled in his time and not our time. And it's going to come in his way and not our way. But listen to me, it is scheduled. The fourth thing that Paul writes here in this scripture, and that is he says there's one requirement. What is that one requirement? That is if we don't give up. If we don't give up. I don't know, maybe you're here this morning, you don't see anything growing in your garden called success today. Well, let me tell you that if you're not seeing anything growing in your garden called success today, I believe that it could be for one of of three reasons. Number one, it could be because you haven't planted any seeds. I mean, no, you can't reap a harvest if you haven't planted any seeds. Second reason it could be, it could be because it's not time for your harvest yet. You planted seeds, but it takes time for the seed to germinate. It takes time for the harvest to grow. Or another reason why that you may not be seeing success growing in your garden today might be because you have been inconsistent in your planting and in your cultivating. Maybe you have even plowed up some of the seeds that you have already sown. I'm trying to help you today. Stack the deck for success in 2017. Giving you four keys. I don't think the, past, uh, the future has to look like the past. I don't think that we have to, to, to uh, encounter in the coming year what we had to encounter last year. I believe we can make some changes. And because we make changes in what we do, we will see change in the outcome. How many agree with me this morning? I'm giving you four keys this morning. Number one, The first one is specify what success will look like. Second one, surround yourself with the right people. Third one, sacrifice today's pleasure for tomorrow's possession. And number four and last this morning, simplify your strategy. Simplify your strategy, and this is my favorite point. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, the familiar story is recorded of David doing battle with a giant named Goliath. We've all heard that story hundreds of times. We've heard hundreds of lessons taught on it. Hundreds of sermons preached about it. So I'm not going to retell this story. I'm not going to go into detail of David doing battle with the giant named Goliath. But what I do want us to notice today, I want us to notice David's strategy. I want us to notice that even though David was just a lad, even though he was probably around 17 years of age, even though he found himself uh, going toe-to-toe with a giant named Goliath, yet you'll discover that David had a very simple strategy that he used in order to enjoy victory, over a much bigger and a much more powerful opponent. And I want to suggest two things I believe we can learn from David's strategy that you and I can adapt to ours. Are you ready for them? The first one is simply this, go with what you know. Go with what you know. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 38 through 40, a part of that story. It says, Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. And David took it on. He strapped the sword over it, took a step or two, notice this phrase, to see what it was like, notice this phrase, for he had never worn such things before. And after he did that, the Bible says that David said to Saul, I can't go in these I can't go in these," he protested to to Saul. "I'm not used. I'm not used to them." So the Bible says. So David took them off, and David picked up five smooth stones from a stream, and he put them in his shepherd bag. Say his. He put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only. Say only. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling. Say his. He started across the valley to fight the Philistine. See, see, Saul assumed that what worked for him would also work for David. And so, and so he made David put on his armor. Armor that was designed for Saul. And the Bible says that David did what Saul Told him to do. Saul's the king. You better do what the king tells you to do. And so David did what Saul told him to do. David tried on Saul's army, but he discovered that what fits Saul did not fit David. I don't know this morning. I I don't know, but perhaps the reason why you have not enjoyed the success that you should be enjoying is because you've been using somebody else's armor. Maybe the reason why you are not enjoying the success that God has ordained for you to enjoy is because you've been using somebody else's ideas. Maybe the reason why you have not grown into the person that God wanted you to grow into and you're not finding the success that God had foreordained for you to enjoy is because you are relying on somebody else's style. Maybe it's because you are relying upon somebody else's plan or somebody else's strategy. Listen to me this morning. When it comes to success, one size doesn't fit all. What works for one will not work for all. So go with what you know. Go with what you know. Go with who you are. Develop the gifts, the talents, and the abilities that God has given you. God gave those gifts to you. God has a specific plan for you. God wants to develop you. He wants to make you a better person. He wants to make you uh, what he wants you to be. He doesn't want you to copy somebody else. He wants to develop you. And you can become a much better you than an imitation of somebody else. If you're a bulldog, be a bulldog. Just don't bite anyone. If you're a chihuahua, keep nipping at people's heels. It'll work. The fourth key to stacking the the deck for success in 2017, simplify your strategy. Go with what you know. Don't copy somebody else's strategy. Develop your own using your very own gifts and talents and abilities. Go with what you know. Number two, go with what you're good at. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 40. The Bible says that David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and he placed them in his shepherd's bag. Then armed only, notice, armed only, armed only, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling. With his shepherd's staff and sling. With his shepherd's staff and sling. Armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the giant. You know, the Bible says that early earlier David had said, he said, I'm a shepherd. And he said, it's my job to stand guard over my father's sheep. And he said, there's been often there's been often times when a lion or a bear would come and try and snatch one of my father's sheep and try and eat them for dinner. And he said, I've used my sling. And he said, I've used my staff and I've used stones to kill both lions and bears. And he said, listen, he said, listen, what worked with the lion and what worked with the bear, he said, will work with this uncircumcised Philistine as well. David said, I don't know anything about Saul's weapons. I I don't know anything about his armory. It doesn't fit me. It's the wrong style. It's the wrong size. I'm not accustomed to it. I'm not used to it. It's not what God has put on me. It's not what God wants to use me. But he said, even though I know nothing about Saul's weapons, I'm an expert with mine. Listen, too many of you are trying to be an expert with everybody else's weapons. You're trying to develop everybody else's style and copy everybody else. Listen, God wants to use you. He has uniquely equipped you, He has uniquely called you. He knows your strengths, He knows your weaknesses. He knows who you are, and he's called you. He don't want a carbon copy of somebody else. If he did that, he'd make two of them. No, he wants you to become everything that he wants you to be. Call me a bulldog if you want. It's worked pretty well for me for 44 years. What was David's strategy? I'm going to go with what I know. I'm going to go with what I'm good at. Somebody said, soar with your strengths. Soar with your strengths. See, nobody's good at everything, but everyone is good at something. So all we need to do is to find the one, two, or three things that we are good at, and then we need to, we need to develop them. We need to work at them. We need to improve them. Listen, listen, don't spend most of your time trying to strengthen your weaknesses. You can staff your weakness. You can hire people to do what you're not good at. You can delegate to volunteers what you are not good at. You see, listen, listen to me this morning. If you keep developing your strengths, if you keep developing your strengths, you will eventually become a superstar in that area. You won't be a superstar in everything, but there's something that you can become better than the average person, and there's something that you can become a superstar at. And if you'll discover what those strengths are in your life, and then if if you will develop those, and work on those and improve those, you'll become you'll become a superstar in that area. You'll become the go-to person in that area. And listen, when you become the go-to person in that area, your value in that area will skyrocket. I love the old story of the man, the specialist that was called in. The factory had shut down. And it cost millions of dollars every day that the factory was shut down. And they brought the man in. After they had done everything else, they brought the expert in to see if he could help them get the factory going on again. And so he looked around the factory. He looked around the factory. And finally, he took a screwdriver, and he just turned a little something with a screwdriver. And the factory started up again. And he, and he gave his bill. And his bill was $100,000. And the manager of the factory said, "A hundred thousand dollars for using a screwdriver, a hundred thousand dollars for turning a little valve." He said, "No, a dollar for turning the valve, but uh, nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand. What did I say? Not nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars for knowing where to use the screwdriver. That's what you get when you go off the cuff. There, you." On the other hand, if you spend your time and energy developing your weaknesses, all you'll ever become is average. So soar with your strengths. Be like David. Go with what you know and go with what you're good at. If i get some help on the platform this morning. Several years ago, I had an evangelist for a revival. And back in the day, the evangelist would sing and the evangelist would preach. And one day we were having lunch and he said to me, he said, I think that I need to specialize. He said, I think I'm going to have to one day make a choice. He said, I think I need to choose between singing and preaching. And he asked me my opinion. He said, what would your opinion be? Should I be a full-time singer or should I be a full-time preacher? And it was obvious to me. And so I said, sing, brother, sing. Because his talent was much more apparent in singing than it was in speaking. For years, my wife and I sang together. We harmonized, we sang, and we sang for years. A few years ago, my wife told me I needed to quit singing. She said, sweetheart, you need to quit singing. There was a time when you had a pretty good voice. You have a good ear for music. There was a time when you sounded pretty good, but you need to quit singing because your singing voice has been ruined by 40 years of preaching. So that's when I started dancing. Where do you think you got your voice? Three generations back, right? Stand with me this morning take away for the message today true success is simply to please God in everything we do I genuinely believe that if we endeavor to please God in every area of our life we're successful doesn't matter how much money we have in the bank doesn't matter what position we hold has nothing to do success. True success has nothing to do with possessions or position. It has to do with knowing why God put you on planet Earth. Knowing your purpose in life. And then once you discover what that purpose is, passionately pursue it. For someone, your purpose in life is to be a, is to be a wife and a mother. What greater purpose in life could there be than to be a godly wife and a nurturing mother? Amen? If you know what God puts you on planet Earth, listen, I have already said it, but I want you to get, go away from this knowing this, because I'm tired of people being struggling about what their purpose is, like it's got to be some grandiose thing. And if if you notice, when I gave you the definition of my purpose and what my purpose is last Sunday, being a pastor is way down here. You listen online, you'll find what I said. It's much more important. My purpose is much greater than that. My purpose includes, first of all, right now, it includes being a, a supporting son to aging parents. It's part of my purpose right now. Taking care of my old mom and dad I'm getting old. I can't make it on their own. They need help. Part of my purpose in life. Just to be a, a faithful companion to that cutie sitting standing right there on the front row there. It's to be a godly example. To my daughter, a son, It's to be a superstar, rock star, Pawpaw. And by the way, today's Easton's first birthday, my grandson I prayed for, and he does say Pawpaw. <laughs> he doesn't say Grandma, but he says papa. Does it include being a loving shepherd, godly, dependable leader? Yeah, it does. That's not all it includes. If you love God with all your heart and you're trying, doing everything you can to serve him and live for you, you're probably right in the middle of your purpose right now. What you're doing, you're already, you're there. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word today Lord, not my word, Lord, not some New Year's pep talk But God, your word Every bit of this is founded upon your word And I pray that you'll take your word today And do what needs to be done in this service and in our lives